And there is your morning music soundtrack of your life. Things are happening. Making things happen. Um, waiting for the stream to go live. That's always, always fun. Just waiting for that stream to go live. There it is. I'm sitting over in the corner watching myself. Man, I need a, I need a haircut, guys. I need a haircut. Got a weird... Wow, this is not even a green cup, guys. Uh, let's see what we can do about that. There we go. It's our Cowboy Bebop cup. A little out of, out of sorts for the day, but... It's got multi, I think it's Japanese writing on it, but we're going to talk about Korea today. Korea in the news. Ah, man. Alex out there saying, let's get this over with. Let's do it. And Paul saying, good morning. Good morning to you guys. Good morning. Good to see you out there. Wow, what is going on today? Uh, it's Constitution Day, for one. Um, that's the first thing. Let's, you know, let's see what you got going on. Uh, is in the news, my least favorite named cool organization. They're teaming up with MITRE to do good work on uh, identifying vulnerabilities. Mac OS has a bit of a bug. It's a malware out for your Mac OS. There is some news that's not news. Lockbit is in the news. They're doing uh, their double-pronged attack. Um, this should not surprise any of you guys. A few months ago when they joined the Maze cartel, Maze, that's one of the big hallmarks of Maze. Maze encrypts your data and then steals a copy so they can post it online I mean that's that's what maze does when when lockbit joined that cartel it shouldn't have been any kind of news at all that lockbit is going to go this model so they the lockbit uh, has kind of followed that model and uh, there's a likely connection between Lazarus group which is the North Korean hackers and they, they won't go, the article won't go as far as tying them to any of the Russian APTs, but they are tying them to Russian-speaking hackers. And there's a big difference there. It's, a, it's, it's not a step too far to assume that that's who they're talking with, but the article will not go that last mile and say that I'm, I don't know, I'll, we'll, we'll get to that this morning how are you guys doing how is the day going hopefully you're having having a good day i'm of course scrambling around the other thing i want to talk to you about this morning is a page that miters got up and i guess this week we'll just spend some time every day well, at least for the last part of this week we'll spend some time every day talking about miter or mit research um FFRDC. So let's roll roll the intro. Let's roll the intro and get the show on the road, huh? Do do do. Groovy, groovy. So miter and SZA, your critical infrastructure. Cybersecurity infrastructure, uh, part of Homeland Security, critical infrastructure protection, doing all kinds of good things for cyber. Um, it's a good organization. It really is a good organization. Um, they have teamed up. They're the dynamic duo now. MITRE's done a ton of work with CVEs, right? These are the critical... Uh, vulnerabilities that are, well, not even just critical. These are all the vulnerabilities that are listed by MITRE that you kind of got to keep track of. Uh, it's common vulnerability enumeration. Uh, and if you've been around security a while, you know back in the, the wild west of the security days, Microsoft would come out and they would say, we've got a patch. We've got a vulnerability. We're going to issue a Microsoft number. And they issue a Microsoft number. And somebody else like Nessus would come along. They'd find the same vulnerability, and they'd issue a different number that 
correlates with their system. And maybe a third party, Retina, would find the same vulnerability and issue a different number. So you have this mismatch of numbers. You had a Microsoft number, and maybe you had a iRetina number, and maybe you had a Nessus number, and maybe you had a different number from BugTrack. And you're trying to track all these things down. Well, MITRE came in and they said, no, that makes no sense. You guys are going crazy. Stop doing that. We'll jump in. We're an FFRDC, Federally Funded Research and Development Corporation. We're going to fix this. We're going to come up with a common vulnerability enumeration system, a CVE system. And every single vulnerability will get a CVE number uh, if it reaches, the, reaches our system. So now we can refer to vulnerabilities by a CVE number and everybody can speak the same language. Now within the CVE number, we can have links to the Microsoft number and the bug track number and the number from Nessus. All those other things can be connected there, but we can always talk about a CVE number and we can follow it easily because we can say, hey, CVE 2020, that means it came out in 2020. We know how old it is. And then it's going to be a numerical indicator after that. Um, brute level, yeah. So so really that's all this article. The article's in your show notes. I'm probably not going to spend a whole lot of time. Um, it's got a lot of information about the history of CVs. Probably good on that point. The big thing is because CISA and MITRE are both doing this now, they're working in concert, we're probably going to see an uptick in CVE numbers just because there's more bodies working on it. So I'm sure there's an, a, a significant quantity of CVEs that don't get a number just because there's not time to, to do it. There's, there's a finite number of resources at MITRE that's doing this. Now CISA is adding bodies to the mix. They're, they're helping get these CVEs out there. So we're going to probably see, probably not this month, probably not September, probably not October, but probably November, December, and into next year, we're going to see an uptick in CVE numbers. I'm kind of, you know, it's, that's a metrics activity. How, how, uh, how much you think these things are going to go up? I'm just trying to keep an eye on the stream, make sure the stream is going well. Uh, live streams are always tricky, man. Live streams are the, the, the tricky things, but they're good because we can get information out as fast as possible. So it's good that CVE and my uh, CVE, CVE is getting this MITRE and CISA link up. It's definitely going to help move this thing forward. So I, I suggest you go out and check out this article. I'm not going to spend time a lot, a lot of time on the article because the article talks a lot about the history of CVE. And that that's good information to know, really good information to know. But that's what's going on there. Um, <laughs> Apple. Uh, I love I love the old conversation that if I got a Linux machine or I've got an Apple machine, I don't need malware protection because it's well, it's an Apple. I don't I don't need malware protection. Uh, people are so wrong. <laughs> people are just you got to have malware protection. You've always had to have malware protection. If the bad guy, and I'm gonna say guy is gender neutral. Uh, don't get freak out on me, you guys out there. The bad guy is attacking a system. They're, they, they're going to go after the, the biggest bang for the buck. And for a long time, that was Windows. Windows had 95% market share. But if they could do something like attack Adobe, uh, and I'm going to pick on one, Flash, Adobe Flash, because Adobe Flash is terrible. Um, if they could attack Adobe Flash, they may be able to use that one attack to attack Windows, Linux, and Mac all at the same time. So just because you had a Mac, just because you had a Linux system didn't make you impervious to, to malware. And it was always a fight, always a fight with folks to get antivirus on Linux machines, antivirus on Mac. So this is a story about Mac, a new Mac. Uh, Mac OS vari malware variant goes unnoticed by antivirus scanners. So even if you've got a scanner on your Mac now, this one's sneaking by. So cyber criminals have been turning to scripting languages as a preferred method for both dropping malware and executing payloads. Oh, the most talked about Mac OS malware, Schlayer, S-H-Layer, 
has hit the news again. Recently, after being caught abusing the Apple Mac OS notarization services. And if you've ever had a Mac computer, when you go to install software, it's going to tell you whether it's, I'm going to air, air quotes here, guys, trusted or not. If you, if you download something from the internet that Mac doesn't really believe is trusted, it's going to give you a warning. Hey, don't run this thing. It's, it's dangerous. Danger mouse. Danger Will Robinson. Um, and it's going to warn you not to run it. And sometimes you're going to have to go extra steps just to run the application if it's not from the official Apple Store. So in September, Sentinel One researcher Phil Stokes discovered a new variant of the Schlayer macOS malware called Z Schlayer. The Schlayer that abfuscates, I can never say that word, itself and slips past security tools to compromise the target machine. Uh, following Apple's lead, preferring the ZSH or Z shell to Bash to the Bash shell as its default shell language, the new variant employs a heb heavily obfuscated Z shell script to avoid detection. Since it's been active since late June, this new Slayer Z Slayer variant uses standard Apple application bundle inside the DMG file. And if you guys know, DMG is the install file for Mac machines, kind of like an EXE in Windows or an install file. Hence, it was able to slip past Apple's notarization checks, bombarding users with uh, of the infected machines with unwanted ads. So right now, it's throwing ads at the user, but it is a Trojan. It's a Trojan horse, according to the article. Um, first found in 2018, Schlayer, a.k.a. OSX Schlayer, dot Schlayer, malware has been packaged with malicious adware, which continues to circulate until recent times. In July, over 1,000 malicious domains were used to distribute the Schlayer's Trojan, which installed adware on infected devices. In June, masquerading as an Adobe Flash Player install installer, uh, Mac Malware Schlayer was delivered as a Trojan horse via a DMG disk image file. Uh, worth noting, abusing Apple's notarization service is clear proof that the Schlayer and Z Schlayer campaigns are evolving to become more dangerous. Hackers are developing multiple threat campaigns against macOS users. Experts say organizations should use behavioral analysis to detect such sophisticated malware threats. Of course, we're going to use heuristics and behavioral analytics to, to track these. That's the only way we can. But I'm saying just have some type of malware protection as your initial layer of defense. I don't care if it's Linux. I don't care if it's Mac. I don't care if it's Windows. Definitely if it's Windows. Come on, guys. Have malware protection on your machines. Um, Combined, malware protection is cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap now. Um, Eric, good morning from Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good morning, Eric. Good to hear from you. Glad to see you on the show. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Cool place, man. Tennessee's a cool place. So, install install that install that malware protection, right? Know what you're downloading. So, we look at this. In July, a thousand malicious domains were used to distribu distribute the Schlayer Trojan. So, you know, people are pulling it down from somewhere. Um, how it's getting? It doesn't really say. Doesn't really say how. The, the bad guy here has got the end user to go to one of these thousand malicious domains. I don't know if they're um, a phishing attack. Don't know if it, don't know how exactly the distribution works on this thing. Articles that Cyware Social attack, uh, a Cyware Social article. So you guys know, if you know me, I like Cyware Social because they're nice, concise articles. This one kind of leaves me wanting because it doesn't tell me how this malware is delivered. Is it phishing? Is it some some way the attacker's getting on the box and then going to one of these malware sites? Is it a waterhole attack? Is it compromised websites? I it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Um, but no, the big thing here is get some get some malware protection 
on your computers, regardless of what type they are. You got to have that malware protection. That's just, I mean, that's, that's basics, man. That's basics. This one there, you know, they're pointing to heuristics because that's the only, you know, the only way you're going to find this is heuristics and behavioral analysis. What what is normal? Uh, Mac, you gotta you gotta tighten up that that uh, you gotta type tighten up your notarization system, man. If if people are being able to bypass the notarization system to to get malicious software to look legitimate, you got a problem, buddy. Apple, you got a problem if that's if, it, if people are able to just modify the z shell to get past the that notarization problem or the notarization check notarization check wow there's an issue guys there's an issue with mac if that's the case lockbit this is the one i need my uh uh you know uh, the article from bleeping computer headline is lockbit ransomware launches data leak site to double extort victims. If you've been following at all any of this stuff, if you've been following ransomware at all in the last couple months, we know that Lockbit has teamed up in the cartel with Maze. So this 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 double extortion thing is is I'm gonna the, the voice in the sky is gonna tell me. Oh really? Yeah oh really I don't know if you guys she's gonna say she's gonna say that again at normal volume. Oh, really? This come on, come on. This is not even to me. This is not even news. This doesn't meet the bar. The cartel, anyone, any organization that joins the Maze cartel, anyone that joins that cartel is going to use this double-pronged attack. They're just, it's, that's a trait of the cartel. That's a trait of Maze. It's lock up the victim's data, lock it up with an encryption scheme that can't be broken, but before you do that, steal data off the machine so that you can post it to a, to a website if your victim doesn't pay. This locks people into a situation where they have to pay. We've got protections. We can do backups. We can follow the, the 321 principle for backing up, right? We back our data up in three different places. We use two different types of media, and one of those is offline. If we do that, according to the schedule that we need to follow for backups, you know, our, our retention requirement, our ability to recover, our recovery level. If we do that, we follow that three, two, one. Ransomware is not a problem. It is not a problem because we've got a backup copy, and we can just back up. We can recover from a malware attack, one of these ransomware attacks, and it it has no effect. But when they do this double pronged attack, when they do the two pronged attack, it brings a whole nother set of problems with it. Now we can recover, which is that's cool. We can recover from the ransomware attack. But now the bad guys got our data and they've got it out on the dark web or the internet and they're going to post it and it brings a whole nother level of problems, right? Is it PII? Is it sensitive information? What all did they take? And I'm going to guess if they're taking gigabytes or terabytes of data off of your system, they're getting PII. They're getting sensitive information. They're getting stuff that you don't want on the internet. You don't want it leaked to the dark web. And there's a lot of question about paying these guys. You know, do you pay the ransom? Um, you know, I'm I have not been hit by ransomware, luckily. But what choice do you really have? I mean, these guys have your data, and they're going to expose your information. They, you, you got it. You almost. I, I, I had to argue this. This debate yesterday, I don't see how you can avoid paying it. Now, you know, you're paying a ransom actor. You're paying somebody that that could, they have your data, they could still post it. But Maze is an organization. It, to me, it works just like a corporation. If they take the ransom payment and they still post 
the information, they lose the ability to gain, they lose the ability for this to be an effective way to ransom people, right? Because then now you've got an issue where if I pay it, you're just going to release the information anyways. If they follow this model where if you pay the ransom, we don't reduce, release the information, it gives them validity to get the payments in the future. That's the model that works for them. It, it, it's it's sad, but it's true. It's that's the model. It works for these actors. These works for these ransomware actors. As long as they never post the data after they get a payment, they're almost always going to be guaranteed a payment. It's not, you know, it's not the right thing to do. It's like on every movie you've seen where somebody gets taken as a as a hostage. Don't pay the ransom. Don't ever pay the ransom because then the ransom, the people that are asking for the ransom, will continue to do it. But that's as a as an organization. What choice do you have? Now, obviously, if it's just if it's just straight ransomware, if they've encrypted your files and you've got a backup, you can recover, no problem. Carry on with your day. But if they've taken your data offline. What options do you have? That's why people have cyber insurance now. Cyber insurance helps you pay for this. So as we see the increase in malware, ransomware attacks, excuse me, in ransomware attacks, and we see an increase in payments to ransomware actors, you're going to see a linked increase in the premiums for for cyber protection for cyber insurance that is a guarantee cyber insurance is going to go up and it's going to be tied to how well you secure your system we know right now ransomware is there's, there's three main ways that folks are getting in right um unsecure RD, rdp protect <laughs> illy coffee Unsecure RDP connections on the internet, unpatched VPNs, and phishing are the three main ways folks are getting in for ransomware. There's other, obviously, other ways, and once you, once we shore those up, get those fixed, there's going to be other ways. So always, you know, cyber hygiene is the big is, is the story here. But Lockbit, Lockbit's going on. There's the articles in there. The big point of the article is. If you didn't see it coming, Lockbit has joined the Maze cartel. Maze is known for taking data and posting it if the victim doesn't pay the ransom. It's, it's, it just makes sense that anyone in that cartel is going to follow the same model. The other thing they talk about here is Lockbit has been doing this. They had their own site up for a while where they're posting data. When they joined Maze, they took it down. They took they took their site down. They're going to use the maze site. The maze is going to be the maze site is going to be the one site where all this information is leaked. That's the power of the cartel. One site people are going to go to to get just harvest all this information. So it, it's bad news. Ransomware. Ransomware is bad news. If again, I'm gonna. You guys have heard me say this a thousand times. Ransomware is not on your enterprise risk matrix. You got to get it there. You got to get it there. Um, here's the flags of Russia and North Korea. Um, our last story today. There are links emerging between Lazarus and Russian-speaking cyber criminals. And really the heart of this story the heart of this one is um, there's a research group called Intel 471. Um, they hold two generally accepted assumptions. Lazarus Group is tied to North Korea, and TrickBot or TA505 and Drydex are connected to Russian-speaking cyber criminals. Um, and what the link they're going to make here is that Lazarus is using TrickBot, and TrickBot is an invitation-only malware distribution framework um, 
you got to get invited. You got to be brought in the, to the group. They don't. It's not on the dark web. It's not anything like that. And essentially, what they're doing is they've made an agreement and they've they've found a trail between Lazarus, which is a North Korean hacking group. Um, one of the things we know about Lazarus, Lazarus is out for two things. They're out to get money to support the North Korean regime, and they're out to get intel or information to support the North Korean regime. So they're state-sponsored. They're, they're a big old state-sponsored group. And they normally, they've done a lot of work against banks, against financial institutions. Lazarus has done a lot of work going after them because, you know, that's the old story, why do, you, why do criminals rob banks? And the simple answer is that's where the money's kept. So why does Lazarus go after financial institutions? That's where the money's at. So that's why Lazarus does it. Lazarus, one of Lazarus' main goals is to prop up the North Korean regime by getting money. Um, they, they do this in a number of ways. So they found a way to work with these Russian-speaking attackers. And, and they, they haven't gone so far as to, to tie Lazarus to any of the Russian APTs. But they are saying they're speaking Russian, they're Transact, making transactions in Russia. The North Koreans are, are working in, in a Russian exchange to, to do this. And what they're doing is they're using TrickBot and the TrickBot network to identify their victims. And then Lazarus carries out the attack. And then if the attack is successful, they split the money with these Russian-speaking actors. And, and they're, they're, they, the article, and who's this one by? Uh, dark reading. The article doesn't go so far as to say who the Russian-speaking actors are, but they're saying this is the benefit, this is the symbiotic relationship. TrickBot and the TrickBot network give access to financial institutions and other attack victims to the Lazarus group. The Lazarus groups conduct the attack and then get the money out and then split it with the Russian attackers. So it works for both of them. The, the TrickBot folks don't have to conduct the attack. They just, well, they, they conduct the initial attack to get the foothold. And then they turn it over to Lazarus and Lazarus does the heavy lifting to, to do it. Mike, good morning. Get to work, you bums. Oh, uh, I think... Uh, we don't see you very much. It must must be a late day for you or something to be on beyond the stream. It's good to see you. Um, you guys probably know this. I, I say it all the time. Uh, I say it all the time since we started doing it. I guess I say it, say it all the time for the last month. If you want to listen to the same show, and I don't know why you'd want to listen to it again, but maybe you do, share it with your friends or whatever, we are on uh, iTunes. I looked yesterday. We're actually on Amazon as well, Amazon's podcast system. Um, Spotify, we're all over the place. If you want to listen to this, an audio-only format, which is, is strange for me. But so, so this this relationship doesn't—it's um, not really that crazy, you know. Hackers talking to hackers, and communists talking to communists. Say, call it like it is. The Russians are communists. The North Korean are communists. They're—you um, know—it kind of goes out to the article. Kind of casts. Lazarus in a little bit of a light of of being a a lower tiered attack group that's working their way up. I don't see Lazarus has been around a while. I don't see them as a lower tier attack group. I I see them on foot foothold with many of the other attack groups. It's cyber attacks are asymmetric, man. You don't have to have a, a, a deep pockets to build a cyber attack capability, especially if you're a nation state. If you're a nation state, you can get some computers, you can get some people, especially if they're people either that totally believe in what your regime is about or they're at gunpoint. One of the two, I guess they work equally the same. Um, if you do that, you can build a cyber capability, cyber attack capability, because the information is out there. If you have people that can sit behind a computer and they have a little bit of capability and can learn, 
um, especially if you get this mentorship that's, that's, that can be built, you can build a pretty good attack capability for not a lot of money compared to building tanks and building planes and building aircraft carriers. Lazarus should not be underestimated. And that's kind of, I think the article does maybe disservice to, to Lazarus as, as far as how we should categorize them. Um, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with, I think, still. Uh, so the, the other thing the article talks about here is up to this point, Lazarus and any of the other APTs, like 38, which is kind of a spinoff of, of Lazarus, they really haven't went after the SWIFT nodes in these financial organizations, which is, is good because SWIFT is how uh, financial institutions transfer money back and forth. Um, if they can get a an attack on a SWIFT node, there's probably tens of thousands, millions of dollars of fraudulent transactions, transactions that can happen because SWIFT is that backbone banking financial transfer or uh, capability the banks have that financials have oh article finishes up saying the lazarus group has and will continue to use tools and techniques necessary for their mission um they operate like an intelligence service i think that's true uh, the group has provided itself to be highly capable and willing to do the highest end of bad things their ability to do this is an asset. And that's from a, who the heck is saying that? I don't even say who's, who's it's quoted, but it doesn't say, doesn't even say who's quoting it. Yeah. Whoever it is, whoever it is is saying, uh, oh, Arena, Arena? Arena, I'm not sure who that is, but that's who they're, they're quoting. It's saying Russia is leaps and bounds ahead of other regions, which makes them an appealing collaborator. Uh, collaboration, you know, we've seen it in physical warfare, physical arms, arms races, physical treaties. Um, NATO and Warsaw Pact, of course, are the big ones we think about from the Cold War. As cyber moves forward, there's not any reason that same type of structure wouldn't be set amongst these APTs, these hacking groups. If Warsaw Pact and NATO worked for the Cold War, and we see that Mays is building a cartel from ransomware folks, why wouldn't the APTs that have like-minded goals start getting together and working together? And that looks like what's happening. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say that Lazarus is probably working with some of the Russian APTs. Fancy Bear, Cozy Bear, some of those. I'm just going to go on a limb and I'm going to say it. There's no proof. I'm just going to guess. My, my intuition says that. But my, uh, what is going on here? At the end, APTs are not just uh, 10,000 miles away. They're also physically present uh, and many are insiders. Yeah, APT, yeah, yeah. Mike, you're talking about a whole, whole nother level of problems there, and that's the insider threat and these guys that get inside. And we've seen too many times, especially with these state-sponsored intelligence programs, where they can actually put a bad guy physically inside one of our locations. Um, that's a whole, that's a whole nother problem, Mike. I mean, let's. It's a, I mean, as cyber folks, we worry about the folks that are ten thousand miles away or ten thousand feet away. Folks on the other end of a network cable or, or Wi-Fi access. Um, the, the, the administrative security problem is yes, that's another, that's another problem we have to worry about. And that's whether they, they're a plant from one of these organizations or one of these countries, or they've been turned. And we all, you know, back in the, back in the Cold War, we turned Russians, the Soviets, the Soviets turned Americans. We've seen, seen it happen back and forth so many times, and it's still happening. It just doesn't get the press it used to get. Aldrich Ames or Hansen or any of these guys that, that we caught during the Cold War that did so much damage, are, those, those folks are still there. There's folks still doing work for Russia and for China and for North Korea um, and for Cuba. Um, 
and other places. Yeah. Yeah, it it's a business. Why can't there be economies of scale and uh, comparative advantage? Yeah, and we see specialization too, Mike. So we see, and this article is good about specialization. So the, the Russian attack groups go in and they get a foothold. And sometimes, you know, that's, that may be the part that takes the longest time in some cases. They get a foothold in all these, these banks, all these financials, and they have them listed. Here's the, here's the for sale list we have. What do you want to buy off the for sale list? And then Lazarus can come in. They got, they got the ability to conduct the attack, the, the final attack, the final leg, the final mile. And then they pick, they pick their choices off the menu, and then they go to work. And then both groups get the benefit. They specialize in what they specialize in. And it's bad for everyone. They, they start, yeah, economies of scale. Yeah. But that's, that's our, our talk about Lazarus. These maze getting people together, uh, Lazarus and other APTs. And my, in my opinion, it's APTs getting together. No proof in this article. They're just saying that Lazarus is talking to Russians in Russian. Um, yeah. Oh, so the last link you guys got in your show notes is, oh, come on, man. There we go. Trying to move my screens around. Just trying to drop my banner off. Um, Yesterday, we looked at a little bit of miter stuff. Today, I wanted to show you... um, if you go to attack.miter.org front slash groups, again, that's in your show notes, one of the last things in your show notes, that's the site. And and I know we talk a lot about APTs, APT, you know, Fancy Bear, Cozy Bear, you know, Crouching Dragon, Hidden Lion, that kind of stuff. Or we talk about them by the APT number, APT28 or APT38 or whatever. Um, MITRE, again, MITRE being MITRE, has done a good job putting this cheat sheet together. So if you want a cheat sheet for the attack groups, this is where you go. This is a good one. Um, there's a couple other. Uh, CrowdStrike's got a good good one as well. But this has got, man, look at these look at these folks out here. These are the active groups that, that MITRE is, has got a profile on. And like yesterday when we talked about this uh, the library that Miter's building. These things have a pretty good job of, of giving you the the high level details right off the bat. Like so, if we go look at twenty eight, right? Um, APT twenty eight has a ton of nicknames. We look here. This is all the nicknames that they have, right? TG forty one twenty seven, which is threat group. Um, Czar team, but our favorite Fancy Bear. Fancy Bear is what we normally call them. Uh, APT 29's got a number two. Uh, a lot of times we hear them called the Dukes or Cozy Bear. Cozy Bear is kind of the the one we hear all the time. Um, and then obviously the, the, the Chinese. Gothic Panda is here, uh, APT 3. But if you go into one of these, and I'll go into APT 28, Fancy Bear. Um, it's got a, the detail, kind of a high-level detail right here. Um, including that uh, this group reportedly compromised the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Com- uh, Committee uh, to interfere with the election. But it, it it tells, you know, here's all the different names and, and how they kind of some references or descriptions of those different names. Um, here's one we call normally call 28 Fancy Bear. Um, I like this. Similar to the library we talked about yesterday, this has the techniques used. It's not quite laid out as nice as the library will have it when the library is done. Um, but it's got, you know, the domain, pre-attack, enterprise. Most of these are enterprise, yeah. And then it's got it tied to as we talked about yesterday, the actual attack framework um, 
the ID, the technique, the technique that's used, right, by domain name. Uh, AP, APT28 registered domain domains imitating NATO and OSCE security websites uh, and caucus information resources. So they bought domain names. They 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 bought similar domain names to use in, in attack campaigns. Um, obtain reuse payloads. Uh, APT28 reused uh, Sorfus downloader as the payload of a lure document. So it's, it's got the information about, you know, the domain, what domain and the attack framework, the ID um, for the technique, the name of it, and then the use. Because it gives it, if you're just getting into this, if you're new to this, this thing is cool, man. You can go in here and you learn a lot about not just the APTs, but what what are they doing, right? So until it kind of walks through what they're doing, right? As we get down further, um, hide artifacts, hidden files, and directories. APT28 has saved files with hidden attributes, and it gives more information on that. So these are all, everything is hyperlinked here. It's hyperlinked to the MITRE ATT&CK framework. Um, it's hyper, hyperlinked to more information about that type of, of uh, attack. And it goes so far as to say, okay, what about the software they're using? And it gives a software ID and the name, references, and then the technique. All, again, look at this stuff. This is all hyperlinked back and forth. So you can, if you wanted to learn what these guys are doing, this is a great resource, man. It really is a great resource. And then all, of course, all, look at all these references. This is a, man, this is a lot of work Miter did putting this together. And again, everything is hyperlinked. Everything is hyperlinked. And like yesterday when we looked at the attack framework, a lot of times the technique will have, maybe it'll break out, like we looked at phishing, and it broke out into spear phishing and other things. Um, we see the same thing here. Like in this one, we see T1566. It has uh, .002 and .001. Fish, phishing, a spear phishing link, and phishing, a spear phishing attachment. attachment. Spear phishing but two different techniques, right? A spear phishing link is going to be treated differently than a spear phishing attachment, right? And the defender is going to handle those in two different ways as well. So the attacker is going to use them two different ways. The defender will deal deal with them in two different ways. So again, this is in your show notes. Grab your show notes, check it out. Um, some of you guys may already know about these things. Um, I was actually in a briefing yesterday where where we had a really good guy. Um, that was talking about an attack technique. He was talking about man in the middle. And he assumed a lot from the, the group of people um, that, that were attending. And I think I've done the same thing in some cases. I've assumed that a lot of you guys know these things are out there. And that's probably a bad assumption. So I'm going to spend time over the coming weeks as I as they align with certain things like today, MITRE and SZA getting together and the talk, talking about the APT that that comes together, it's a good time to share something like this. CrowdStrike has a good one. We'll talk about the CrowdStrike um, their their rundown of these different APTs as well. I think that's a good resource as well. MITRE's where we're going to start. MITRE's kind of the official uh, because uh, it is M it is MITRE the FFRDC. Um, you know, as you got time, as you, maybe you've got, maybe you've got someone junior, maybe you're mentoring someone. Again, I'm talking about mentoring. Um, as you mentor someone, maybe just, you know, point them at, at this. I want you to tell them, Hey, I want you to know, tell me by, by the end of the week, by next month, by whatever time frame you've got, um, think about one of the APTs that's coming after you. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe you're in the federal government and you're worried about 2829. Uh, maybe you're worried about three. Um, yeah, maybe you're worried about Fin6. Maybe you're uh, financial. You're worried about Fin6. Have them go out, go and say, hey, I, I want you to put together some information on Fancy Bear. Tell me, you know, some some of the techniques they use. Tell me some of the tools they use. I want you to go in and do some, some research. Maybe get give me a, a little report on what Fancy Bear, Cozy Bear does. It's a good exercise for someone. Gets them out, and I maybe point, you know, maybe point them to this this site. 
point them to CrowdStrike site, point them somewhere where they can go and have the access to the data at their fingertips, and now they just have to synthesize it. They need to make it make sense to them. Um, yeah, with Miter, it's worth mentioning the kill chain. They work well together. Yeah, I mean, you were here, Mark, Mike. You must have skipped out yesterday. Um, living the good life. Yeah, yesterday we talked about this uh, adversary. I wish I could adversary something library. Uh, forgot the name already. That Miter's putting together, and it and it does. It follows the kill chain. Um, and the attack framework. Obviously, the attack framework we looked at a little bit yesterday. Um, you can always go back and uh, check out yesterday's uh, episode. We grabbed the attack framework. We walked kind of across the top of it. Yeah, the kill chain. Uh, kill chain is worth mentioning. And and always, always, always a as a defender, the further to the left, further to the left, we can go on that kill chain. If we can stop the attacker the farthest to the left as we can, that means they have less chance of getting data, less chance of exploiting systems, and it's cheaper. And as we're selling stuff at work, we got to sell this, this return on investment. We stop them as far as we can to the left of the kill chain. That's what we have to do. Yeah, Mike, you're right, exactly right. Uh, MITRE, you know, the, the cyber kill chain, Lockheed Martin, trademark copyrighted intellectual property um, I think MITRE has their, their names across the top are different but we did walk through the MITRE attack framework that's ATT the ampersand CK uh, attack framework and how it follows the kill chain and when we grab one of these um, the, these technique identifiers it will align I bet I'm going to I haven't done this yet, but we go back over here to the power, the old good old PowerPoint. If we take one of these things, I'll run up to the top. Where's the spear fishing? Where did that go? It really doesn't matter. Um, there we go. There's spear fishing. If we grab grab this one, I'm, I'm sure it's going to link us. Oh, it does link us over here. I thought it was going to link us to the. Uh, place in the attack framework where this this lives and uh, it didn't it took us to actually um fishing sub technique three adversaries send phishing messages to elicit sensitive information a good good uh write-up of it i thought it was going to take us to the um the matrix itself so this is what the mike is talking about this initial initial access execution persistence, privilege escalation, defense evasion, credential access, discovery, lateral movement, collection, uh, command and control, exfiltration, and impact. This kind of move, movement from left to right across this page. Um, this is the MITRE attack framework here. Um, as we do things over here on the, the left side, it's cheaper. If we stop them over here, stop the bad guy over here, it's cheaper than trying to fix things and stop them over here when they get to command and control or next filtration kind of stuff. Um, but here we see that phishing. Again, the phishing, we know there's sub techniques under phishing. Um, I guess I clicked the wrong thing. There we go. Uh, and we see spear phishing, spear phishing attachment, spear phishing link, spear phishing via service. So there's three different techniques, right? One, oh, 001, 002, and 003. Those are part, sub sub to this T1566, which is the technique for phishing. Um, so yeah, definitely worth mentioning the kill chain. Um, stop people to far to the left as we can. Uh, it's kind of like if we talk about the bow tie technique of risk management, stop things on the left as much as possible. So, oh, what is today? Today, today, today is Constitution Day, September 17th. Um, there's a link in your show notes to a article on from the Constitution Day. I don't know. I don't have it up still. Um, is it down here? There we go. Constitution Day. Yeah, it's from the National Constitution Center. Today is Constitution Day. On September 17th, 1787, the Founding Fathers signed the most influential document in American history, the U.S. Constitution. This is where you get a lot of your history buffs all tied up, those folks that think they know what they're talking about, but they don't really. 
Declaration of Independence was 1776. Constitution was signed in 1787, but it wasn't officially ratified till 1789. Um, so there, there's, there was some time that the American government, the country of America, we operated under the Articles of Confederation. And that was from 1776 to 1789, that period of time. Um, in that time, we that's when we fought the war, when we fought the Revolutionary War. The thing to know about 1789, that's when Washington was elected, right? So Washington was elected, George Washington. Our first president was elected in 1789. So between 1776 and 1789, we had two presidents in there. Um, that are never Hanson was one of them, and I always forget the other one. Um, but you know, today's Constitution Day started today. It actually wasn't finally finally ratified until 1789. Um, and Mike's getting out of here. He's got to go, got to split, keep fighting the good fight, and go get some. Yeah, we're almost finished up here too, Mike. Good to see you this morning. Oh, always good to see you guys in the morning. But no, 17 September uh, is Constitution Day. Um, so Continental Congress of the United States uh, had its final meeting September 17, 1787. Uh, they signed the Constitution. After the meeting, there was still much to do. Individual states then had to meet and vote on it. On it. The U.S. Constitution did not go into effect until two years later on March 4, 1789. Um, so there you go. There's your Constitutional Day history. Um, I'll challenge you. Figure who was the other president of the United States under the Articles of Confederation? One was Hanson, and I can never remember the guy's name. I always forget. I think he's French. Um, but anyways, there were the two presidents before Washington. Uh, from 1776 to 1789, we had two different presidents. Washington obviously is is the first president under the Constitution, uh, and always cited as the the first the first president. So, like Mike says. Go out there and get some. Go get some. I'm going to go get ready for the day. Get ready to fight the fight the good fight, as Mike says. Take care of your friends, your families, your coworkers, your organizations. Take care of each other. Know you've got a community to come back to if you need help. We're always here. Um, Facebook page, the RMF page, the Cyber Recon page. If you want to join a community to talk about uh, this stuff, we are always game to talk about things. So... You got a lot to defend yourself against today. A lot, of, a lot of folks to take care of. So go out there, fight the good fight, take care of each other. And we'll see you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll be right here at 7.30 in the morning. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell to be notified. Do know that we're. if you want an audio-only version of this, we are on all the, all the major things. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. We're out there. Cup of Cyber. You can listen to us there if you want to. But until tomorrow, until the morn, you guys be good, be careful out there, and we will see you. Oh, see you tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday, guys. Man, sorry, Friday. We'll see you. Make sure tomorrow, tomorrow, right where you're red. We'll see you tomorrow. Be careful, guys. Be good.